Hello, and welcome to show number 2343 of Eyes on Success, a weekly program covering a wide variety of topics of interest to people with vision loss. I'm Nancy Goodman Torpy. And I'm Pete Torpy. Oh, it's, it's honestly, it's just you're controlling chaos. Uh, that's the best way I can describe it because when you're in the air, you have all these other things going on. Your cane is kind of throwing you off balance. Um, you're kind of lost because you're just going off adrenaline. But uh, the fast and easy answer is you're just controlling chaos and kind of hoping for the best and living off your adrenaline. Believe it or not, that's today's guest describing what he loves to do, skateboarding. Boy, is that different than the days when I had a skateboard when I was a kid. Justin Bishop was fully sighted when he started skateboarding at 10 years old. Despite losing all of his useful sight in his 20s, Justin's dedication to skateboarding has been unwavering. We'll talk with Justin about his passion for skateboarding and what accommodations he makes to enable him to excel at this very active sport. But first, for our tip of the week, this week's tip comes from Justin Bishop. My advice is um, with skateboarding, I kind of got lucky because uh, skateboarding has such a steep learning curve that I got so used to failing and failure and picking myself back up to learn a trick when I was sighted that when I lost my vision, I had that already built into me. So my advice is just fall in love with failure because it will make you stronger and always help you get back up. And we do learn from our failures too. If we don't fail once in a while, it means we probably weren't striving enough. Exactly. You are listening to Eyes on Success. Success, 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 success. Let's start by meeting Justin. My name is Justin Bishop. I'm a blind skateboarder from Las Vegas, Nevada. I'm uh, 36 years old. And uh, I have a condition called retinitis pigmentosa. I have a more advanced version of the condition. Um, When I was 20, I lost my driver's license. And then when I was 25, I actually lost the remainder of my vision. Uh, My RP uh, went from the center out. And uh, usually when it happens from the center out, it uh, has a faster progression. Do you have any residual vision now then? No. So I have, um, it's called light perception, but my light perception is, um, uh, if you're sighted, the best way to describe it is, you know, when you like close your eyes and you're outside in the sun and then you walk inside to a dark building, you can tell that it got light to dark, but you can't see shadows or shapes anymore. I'm familiar with the effect. I've had (laughs) limited vision when I was younger and nowadays I don't have any vision at all. And sometimes I can sense that now, but not much else. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at now. And I've been there for about 11 years. And are you a professional skateboarder then? Or do you do something else to make your living? Uh, so I do have a part-time uh, job. I uh, am an ABA therapist. I teach kids on the spectrum uh, different uh, motor skills and social skills through uh, activities. And one of those activities, either skateboarding or scootering. And uh, then, yes, I have a little income with skateboarding as well. So these are fully sighted kids with cognitive or um yes 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Down syndrome, um, just autism uh, from ranging all over the specter. Um, because of my condition, I work with verbal. Um, there are nonverbal. It uh, is uh, for a different um, therapist, but uh, I usually work with the verbal kids. Well, you must set a good example for them that, you know, if you can do whatever you do without being able to see, that there's hope that they can do whatever they want to do with whatever other impairments they've got. Yeah, I mean, it's just mainly, it's a lot of fun. We just have fun. You know, I've, because of skateboarding, I, I've been young my whole life. So it's uh, great to have like a part-time job where, you know, I still get to hang out with kids and even though lessons are happening, we're just playing pretty much and secret lessons are going on during the play times or during the interactions. Support for Eyes on Success is made possible in part by our corporate partners. Find out more about partnership opportunities by sending an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. This week's focus topic is the ins and outs of skateboarding with and without vision. Well, Justin, maybe you can tell us a little bit about how you first got involved in skateboarding and how young you were. Yeah, so um, I was diagnosed with uh, RP when I was eight, uh, but I discovered skateboarding when I was 10 years old, and I still had, you know, from what I remember, amazing vision. Uh, So I got into it sighted. And uh, skated my whole life. You know, it's something I fell in love with and um, just continued to do. And even when I was 20 and lost my driver's license, my skateboard became even more important because I could still see enough. I just wasn't able to drive. So I had my skateboard, you know, as transportation and not just for tricks. Oh, that's interesting. So you ran around town on your skateboard too. It was a utility for you. Yeah. Yeah. As you know, Most of our listeners have some kind of visual limitation. They may not have seen skateboards or how it's done. Can you describe a little bit what the skateboard is like? Very different than the skateboards we used to use when I was young. It was just basically a plank on a couple of uh, rollers, like roller skates. (laughs) Yeah. uh, So skateboarding nowadays, it is a um, curved eight-ply wood um, board with grip tape on top metal trucks, urethane uh, wheels, and then ball bearings on the inside, not too far away from what they were like in the 70s, just on steroids now. And what you're referring to as trucks are basically these metal constructions that hold the wheels to the underside of the board. Correct. Yeah. Like the axles, if you will, on a car. Yeah, we call them trucks. Yeah, we don't actually know very much about skateboarding, but (laughs) our son is your age, and we still have his original skateboard that's, you know, was never high-end and is certainly not up to the current technology, (laughs) but we know where to find it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Honestly, they haven't changed too much from the uh, late 90s. You know, they got up to a certain point and where they were in like 2002, that's where they still are. You know, it's just a little slight stuff that's changed, but not much. And again, for our listeners who may not have been able to see or feel skateboard parks and how it's all laid out. Can you describe a little bit of that before we get into some of the tricks that you do? Yeah, uh, skateboarding is everything. So we have parks and those can be either... Um, concrete, wood, and uh, usually they are mimicking surf waves. 
and um, different types of uh, transition. Um, and there's coping at the top, so you can grind and do tricks and pop out. But uh, that's just one aspect. There's street skateboarding, and that's where it just imitates street features like stairs, handrails, ledges, and stuff like that as well. So um, they try to make skateboarding as accessible as possible, no matter where you live. Um, people are skateboarding and trying to find ways to do tricks. And do you participate in all those different kinds of skateboardings or mostly the competitions at skateboard parks? Yeah, I do it all. I uh, I fell in love with every aspect of skateboarding. So um, I do skate parks, uh, street skateboarding, competitions, um, every discipline of skateboarding I love and like to try to do. Okay, now you describe the geometry of some of these things that you're rolling over and jumping over. And you also mentioned some specific terms like popping out and grinding. Can you talk about some of these specific terms, what they mean and what the tricks you're doing are? Yeah. So uh, popping out is like an ollie or things that you bring your skateboard into the air, the aerial types of tricks. Uh, Grinds are kind of like what they sound like. It's where your board is either sliding or grinding on the trucks on some type of object. And uh, those are the two main types. And within those two main types, there's, you know, hundreds of different types of tricks. You can flip your board, grab it, um, you know, rotate your body. It's wherever your imagination can take you. Now, implicit in what you said, but not necessarily explicit, is that in some of these tricks, your feet come disconnected from the board. Yes. How do you make sure that when you and it reconnect you're actually in the right place and you're not going to fall over it's a pretty steep learning curve um you got to kind of know the physics of where the board's gonna go where it's going to end up and where you're going to be at the end of that trick and you know these take years and years i've been skateboarding for you know over 25 years and I still have a hard time with it. Even when I was sighted, it's, it's, a, it's a hard sport to learn. But uh, through years and uh, trial and error, you kind of pick up on different ways to manipulate your body and the board to make sure that you reconnect. But it is not an easy feat. But you, I assume, wear protection just in case you don't reconnect properly? Oh, uh, I should be. I, I don't often. <laughs> um I should be. I've been uh, skateboarding for a very long time. So I've kind of uh, mastered uh, the art of falling. Uh, But uh, yeah, I work uh, helmet and stuff like that in competition settings. But uh, besides that, I've uh, I've kind of paid my dues. (laughs) Yeah, I guess you've probably been hurt enough over the years as even sighted skateboarders are, right? Yeah, I have right, like right now, I'm actually uh, returning from an ACL uh, tear. So I tore my ACL and had to have surgery back in February. And so I've been uh, just back to skateboarding for about uh, a month and a half now. Now, you must have a very good sense of where your body is and presence around the field. Yeah, so I actually, in uh, with adaptive skateboarding, I actually use sound devices to as uh, audible markers to let me know where I'm at in the park or kind of determine different obstacles. So I'll use that 
uh, that's one way because it's easy to get lost uh, when you're skateboarding in these kind of loopy types of skate parks. So I'll use those. I have my cane to let me know what's directly in front of me. I use a rolling ball tip for that. So my uh, the constant contact method. Uh, so, you know, it's never coming off the ground unless I'm off the ground, too. And then I'll even like basically use rope if I need precision to go straight like at something. So you said you do adaptive skateboarding. Are these competitions you're involved in against other visually impaired skateboarders? Yes, sometimes they are. Right now, um, the field isn't that expansive. So we'll we'll even skate with um, amputee skateboarders, uh, skateboarders on crutches, um, you know, that type of skateboarding, wheelchairs. Like We all compete against each other right now, and we're just trying to build it up enough so we can get our own divisions in the Paralympics. But skateboarding is in the Paralympics now, right? I remember when it was just in the X Games. It is not in the Paralympics yet. It's in the uh, normal Olympics, typical Olympics, but um, it's not in the Paralympics just yet. We have uh, different competitions with X Games, uh, which is not uh, uh, Olympic-based. um, but they'll have adaptive contests. Uh, the Mountain Dew Tour has adaptive contests, and these regional contests on a larger scale are also helping us shed more light on it and uh, getting it into the Paralympics. You mentioned a number of adaptations on the course, like beeping sounds and sometimes ropes and using your cane. How much of this do you get to customize to the way you skate and the particular tricks you might be doing, or is the course just set up for you? Oh, I, um, I'm the only adaptive skater that uses sound. Um, uh, there's a couple other blind um, and visually impaired skateboarders, um, but they either just use their cane or they'll touch. They'll, uh, they'll use that, or some of them are visually impaired, so they have enough vision. So sometimes they'll bring high contrast tape as well and kind of set it up. But um, that's the best part about adaptive skateboarding is we adapt it ourselves. So you come to the event a little bit earlier to put the beepers where you want them or any ropes that you might need and set it up to your particular style. Yep, that is correct. So describe to us one of the more difficult tricks that you might do and what it might look like. Uh, The hardest thing that I do is jumping down stairs. Jumping downstairs involves all my tools in my toolbox. So I'll have a beeper box at the bottom last step to let me know um, how far I have to jump. And it gives me a good idea of where the ground's at. Uh, it's nothing crazy. You know, it gives me like about like a two foot radius to aim for. I've never learned echolocation, so I don't think my brain's set up for it. But it gives me about a two foot radius to aim for. Um, and then I have to use my cane to let me know when the first step drops. And then I have to use rope to let me go straight. So it's using all my tools at the same time. And it's just like mental gymnastics of timing, feeling my cane, listening to the beeper, touching the rope. And then I still have to do the trick down the step. So, but it's also so empowering because, you know, I don't got to use handicap uh, ramps or things like that. It's almost like a, you know, empowering thing that I could just jump down things where the average human can't even do that with sight. So let me understand, the skateboard is a lot longer than it is wide. When you're approaching this flight of stairs, are you doing that nose on? 
or do you hop down sideways? That's going to be nose on. So my cane is about uh, about three feet in front of me. And so when I feel my cane, my ball tip drop, that's when I ollie. And um, using that kind of timing. And then when you're in the air, you just wait for that beeper box to get past your head. And then you know you're past the last step. And then you can control when you come back down to ground. Yes. Yes. Uh, One of the first tricks any skateboarder learns is the ollie. And the ollie is like learning how to dribble. It's your basic. You're going to use it every day. You're going to use it to get to other tricks. It's your basic one. And so when you have that down, that's how you can bring the board up with you without touching it. And other tricks can um, evolve from the ollie. And what is an ollie? How does that work? An ollie is kind of magic. It's beautiful. It's uh, where you snap your tail down, you kick out, and physics brings the board up with you as you jump at the same time. It's so your feet are doing six things at once. Well, the only thing I can describe it to, if you don't know skateboarding, is you ever hear somebody try to teach someone how to golf, and they're like, keep your back straight, but relax. And then they're like, bend your knees, but don't bend them too much. And, you know, and then like swing, but don't swing, you know, like how they like contradict themselves while they're teaching you how to do a drive down the field. That's kind of like how the ollie is. There's so much going on. But once you get it, you have it. So some of these tricks, you said you started skateboarding when you were 10 and you didn't lose significant vision till you were 20. So you've been doing some of these tricks since when you were sighted. I assume you've learned other new tricks well after you lost your sight. How does that experience differ? I haven't learned new tricks. The goal is to get back to where I was with sight. When I lost my vision, it was just, um, you know, I had to start from scratch again. And uh, some of some tricks are really, really difficult and you need eyes to do them. Um, I'm trying to figure out ways to do them without uh, vision. But right now I'm, I'm about like 60% of what I used to be with sight. Well, that's pretty good. That's remarkable because I can't imagine doing some of those tricks without seeing where you're going to be or where the skateboard is when you're not touching it or the ground. Yeah, yeah, it's uh it's 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 pretty crazy. I I I mean, I don't know if I'd be able to find a way. I'm sure somebody out there will one day, but uh I I don't know if I'd ever be able to skateboard if I didn't have the basics down with vision first. So, it's uh it's one of those things that I'm just like, I don't know how some other uh, kids can do. I know a couple that are were born blind and they're getting into skateboarding and like that's just so brave and ha- they have so much courage because at least I kind of had a, a good foundation when I picked it back up. Right. You had a good start to at least yes. learn some of the basic skills. So you just implied that you took some time off mm-hmm. after losing your vision. What prompted you to get back into it as a blind person? Uh, it was just the last thing. Um, I was told my whole life I would never go fully blind. I was, you know, like doctors don't know anything. They just know the last patient and they usually give you their diagnosis. So I was told I wouldn't go blind and vision wouldn't be taken from me until I was in my 50s. So I didn't prepare at all. And so when it all just smacked, hit me like over, I lost my vision in like a good three month period. It was in, it was so fast and just, I was so unprepared. So 
um, when the bandaid was pretty much ripped off, I, you know, went into depression, uh, pretty much stopped doing everything. And it took me a couple months just to even leave my house again. And then from there, I had to learn, you know, mobility training, I had to learn all the different technology, like, you know, screen readers and um, learn Braille and kind of get that independence back. So that took a couple of years. And then the next step was uh, returning to work. And when I kind of had that under my belt, then I just felt like I wanted skateboarding back. Wow, that must have been a very difficult transition, but it sounds like you made it through with some hard work and perseverance. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's like one of those bittersweet things, because like, at the same time, I know some other people going through uh, progressive vision loss. And um, mine only happened over like a five year period from when I lost my driver's license, and then had a really fast uh, uptick towards the end. And during those five years, it was really rough, because I was in this middle ground of I could see but not enough. And you know, not enough to use a cane, but, you know, more than enough to like feel awkward in social settings, not know where bathrooms are and all that things. And so it was almost like when my vision was fully gone, then I had, I was forced to learn it all. And I finally was out of that middle zone. So as hard as it is to be fully blind, um, mentally and socially, and even my confidence is higher now than it was when I was progressively losing my sight. Well, I'll bet the transitions can be difficult because the situation's changing pretty rapidly and you have to adapt to new tools and new ways of doing things. Yeah, that's a really good way of uh, saying it because, yeah, it felt like every day I was learning how to be a little bit blinder. And, and then like one day it just finally was gone. I'm like, all right, finally, I can just learn how to do this one now instead of every day learning something new or picking it up. So, yeah, I agree. This skateboarding keeps you very active, obviously. I'm wondering what other active type activities you were involved in. So skateboarding is my life. Uh, so any other activity, it's for skateboarding. So I uh, still hit the gym. Um, I got to hit the gym four times a week uh, for leg days and, you know, upper body muscles uh, help your injuries so you don't get injured too hard. Um, and then running, uh, I've run a couple half marathons and things of that nature, but all just for the pursuit of skateboarding and making me a more endurance skateboarder. I guess the bottom line is you can't be a good athlete without being in good shape. And so it takes that other amount of work to keep active and healthy. Yes. Yes. The other thing I was kind of curious about, you described flying down these stairs, doing a trick while you're doing it, holding onto a cane and possibly a rope. And I always think, you know, it's nice to have your hands free so you can balance if you lose your balance. And it sounds like you're doing a lot there. How does that all work? Uh, it's, it's honestly, it's just you're controlling chaos. Uh, that's the best way I can describe it because when you're in the air, you have all these other things going on. Your cane is kind of throwing you off balance. Um, you're kind of lost because you're just going off adrenaline. But uh, the fast and easy answer is you're just controlling chaos and kind of hoping for the best and living off your adrenaline. And I'm guessing you'll continue skateboarding as long as you can, and as long as your body holds up. Yeah, yeah, I, I hope so. Skateboarding keeps you young. It keeps you, um, you know, your your body very young. Tony Hawk's in his 50s and still doing it. So right now he's the man we're chasing and the 
the guy that we're kind of like paying attention to to see how long we can actually do it. Well, as long as you manage to fix your ACL, I guess you can consider doing it for a longer time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he just uh, broke his femur and he's back. And he broke his femur in his 50s and came back to skateboarding. So as long as uh, we have modern medicine, I think we're going to be okay. Well, good luck to you. And I hope you continue to have fun doing that. It's good motivation for other people to be active and try new things. Yeah. You are listening to Eyes on Success. Success, 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 success. Now for this week's final item, how to learn more about skateboarding and how to contact Justin Bishop. Well, Justin, if people are interested in finding out more about skateboarding under modified conditions and or contacting you or other resources, what would you advise them? You can always uh, follow me on uh, Instagram, TikTok, uh, Justin the Bishop. My Instagram is fully accessible with um, voiceover uh, video descriptions and alt text for photos. So um, I try to make everything as accessible as possible um, since I'm, you know, in that situation as well. Um, so you can check me out over there. And then uh, you could always check out USA Skateboarding uh, to follow the pursuit for getting uh, skateboarding in the Paralympics. Do you know their web address? Uh, it's just at USA Skateboarding on all uh, social medias. And I've been to your Instagram page, and there are many, many, many videos of you doing a huge assortment of tricks. It's pretty cool. Oh, thank you. And if you're looking for any of that contact information, you can always find it in the show notes. And this is episode 2343. You can find those show notes at www.eyesonsuccess.net. In the show notes, you'll also find a link to Justin's Instagram account, and he has lots of fun videos there with him skateboarding and doing some crazy things. So you can listen to those or perhaps even have someone describe them to you. It sounds terrifying. That's it for today's show. Next week on Eyes on Success will be the first of a two-part series. The first show is an encore of one we did a few years ago describing Band in a Box and how to use it with the recently updated JAWS scripts. Band in a Box from PG Music continues to evolve and introduce new features that are appealing to both professional and amateur musicians alike. We'll talk with Tobin Frank, Chief Development Officer at PG Music, about the program and how the scripts that our very own Pete developed make this program accessible with the JAWS screen reader. And the following week, we will do a new show describing a recently created set of tutorials that will help you learn how to use Band in a Box with JAWS scripts. We know there are lots of listeners out there who are interested in music and making music, and if that's you, you'll want to listen to that episode. So we hope you'll join us next week for that. You've been listening to Eyes on Success, hosted and produced by Nancy Goodman-Torpy and Peter Torpy. 
You can access the full archive of previous shows, subscribe to the podcast, and much more by going to our website, www.eyesonsuccess.net. If you have questions about anything you've heard on the show or have suggestions for future shows, send an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. Thank you for listening and have a nice day.